Welcome to Last Games Night on Earth, the podcast where we discuss if you were given just one last games night, what would you wish for? My name is James, and this is a Dungeons and Flagons podcast. Hello, everybody. Uh, just before we start the episode, just wanted to say a little bit of an apology for the lack of content recently. Uh, I have quit my job and gone full time with the event side of Dungeons and Flagons. Uh, so yeah, I've been a little bit busy, but we've kind of got to the point now where I've got time to start editing again. We've got some episodes recorded, so we've got some good stuff coming up in the future. So thanks for uh, sticking with us. On with the episode. Hello, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us again for another Last Games Night on Earth. Are you ready to go? We've got with us today a very exciting guest, favourite foe. How are you? I'm well. I'm I'm, I'm honoured to be called exciting. I've been called lots of things. I'm not sure that's one of them, but thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you. I'll be honest at the minute, I'm excited to talk to everyone. Oh, Just, thanks. Uh... That made me feel special. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in general, I'm just like, I've been cooped up in this flat for a year now, and I'm like, every time somebody talks to me, I'm just like, hello! Is that why you're ordering so much off the internet, just so that the uh, delivery men can come and talk to you? <laughs> they don't talk to me, they just throw it, because I've got a porch, they ring the intercom, throw it through the door, and then by the time I've got down, they've run off. <laughs> Wish they would talk to me. Oh, well, maybe you need to just order some more interesting things. Have yeah. it as a, a conversation starter. <laughs> All right. So, favorite foe? Would you like? Uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Ah, uh, yeah, sure. I am uh, probably first and foremost. I'm a mummy. I'm a wife. I'm a lawyer. Uh, I'm a board gamer, and I am an out and proud geek. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's a Board gaming is a very new but very full-on addiction for me. And uh, I've been very lucky that the community has uh, opened its arms and welcomed me in. And I'm, I'm down that rabbit hole and there is no way I'm coming out. <laughs> Excellent. I've been looking at some of your, uh, your Instagram stuff. It's very cool. I'm very lucky in that I have a very willing husband and five-year-old that will play games with me. So... Uh, given the constraints of lockdown and the very small gaming group that I have, um, they have quite diverse tastes, so I get to put quite a lot uh, on our table, um, which is great for all of us. Yes, it's, uh, it's definitely having, having people who live with you uh, at the moment who, play, who are willing to play games with you is a blessing. Yeah, the, the thing that worries me the most is that my five-year-old seems to win more than either my, myself or my husband. So <laughs> I think the enforced lockdown isn't doing very well for our winning stats, but uh, we've definitely got a willing audience. Excellent. Okay, so you're here to talk to us today about your dream games night, your last games night on Earth. I know, it's so difficult. I've, I've, people have tried to pin me down, you know, top 10, top 20, and I've always said no, and then I've gone straight into the deep end with a glass games night on Earth, and all I can have <laughs> are three games. That's harsh, <laughs> harsh. Yeah, well, the first question I got asked was like, oh, how, how, many, how many games can I have? Like, you can have three, and that's it, you have to choose. <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 been tough, but it's been actually quite helpful because I now know that you know if the house is on fire, 
with child under one hand and dragging husband behind me with the other, I'd probably be balancing at least three boxes on my head. And I think it would be these three. Because I thought I was thinking about this last week. I don't know why it came into my head. But I was just like, I was in the front room and I just realized how flammable our front room is, really, with like 200 board games in one corner. Like, that's a think, lot of cardboard. Think of all that plastic and cardboard and paper and all those dyes and paints. Oh, such a ter- that's such a terrifying thought. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but obviously I run Dungeons and Flagons in Manchester, which is a, like a games night, quite a big one. If I'm I've heard, I've heard. We've got like a, a library of um, games in the venue and I've not been to check on them for like a year. I keep meaning to. And I've just, I've got it in the back of my head that like, oh, Pipe's going to have, because it's a, it's a nightclub. So it's not, it's not been open for the past year and nobody's been in. And I'm just like, oh my God, like, what if a pipe's burst? What if it, when we had like a lot of rain over winter, I was like, what if it's flooded? <laughs> I'm just, I've, hit, I've got don't a horrible feeling. I've got a horrible feeling think- that won't happen. <laughs> it won't have happened. Don't think about it. It won't have happened. They'll all be sitting there pristine on the shelves, just crying out to be played. I really hope so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. Should we get going? Yeah. Yeah. Where do you want to start with your dream games night? What do you want to tell Ooh. us about first? I think probably, why don't we start, I'll start about maybe where it would be, because you can't have a games night unless you know where you're going to have it. Yeah, that's a great idea. So where would you be having your dream games night? See, I thought about this, and I know I have listened to some previous podcasts, and there's always this sort of pressure to have a really exotic location. Mm-hmm. You know, people want to do gaming up the side of a mountain, you know, like extreme board gaming, or, <laughs> you know, somewhere super exotic. But the only time I have played board games outside, it's been a nightmare because it's either got too windy and all of the things have fallen over, or it's rained and they've all got soggy. So I'm thinking I'd probably have a super tripped out you know, purpose-built games room with all amenities on hand, anything you could think of and anything oh, that you needed to be in there. You know, one of those tables where the, the centre is sort of slightly recessed so none of your bits fall off and you've got drinks holders and you've got... Like a proper uh, custom-built... Yeah. Geek and Sons. Would you go for a, Geek and Sons? They're, geek- they're like the big one, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, you know, they are, they are, they are the pros. If you're going to do it, you do it well, don't you? <laughs> um, but yeah, and then, then you could, you know, set the lighting. So as, you know, the, the, the games night progresses, you could match lighting to the atmosphere of the games. Not that I've thought about this at all in a year on lockdown, <laughs> of course. <laughs> you have, have like the fridges with the snacks and the drinks. It would be amazing. It would be amazing. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to shun yeah, the great outdoors for a purpose-built games emporium. That's what mm. I want. I want, I want the place. And obviously floor-to-ceiling color. Full we have like, uh, games. We have like cool artwork on the, on the walls, some nerdy, uh, nerdy artwork. I don't know room because it's going to be, you know, like floor-to-ceiling color for the games. The game boxes are going to be the artwork. They will speak themselves. Oh, yeah, that's fair enough. That's a good idea. I could do it, you know, like Rado style, where it's one box face on for every cube. <laughs> yes, I like it. 
I like he must have about 40 rooms if that's what he's doing with one box per cube. <laughs> I reckon he probably just does it with one shelf uh, that's facing the camera and then the rest of them are just in a in a pile in the <laughs> corner. That's what like bookshelves do on uh, on uh, on YouTube, isn't it? They have one like pretty uh, pretty shelf that's on show for the videos, and then, then all the rest of the books are just under the sh- under the stairs. Yeah, he sleeps on them. You know, fashions <laughs> them into a sofa on the various. No, so, so have you ever have you ever played in a have you ever played games in a location like this? I haven't cool, because you know? yeah, well actually. I, I have played one in one location, which is probably more unusual than my lounge, <laughs> which was when um, my husband and I were on our honeymoon in uh, on a ship uh, up the east coast. Yeah, yeah east coast of, of uh, the states. We were um, heading over to Canada, and uh, the ship was in a full-on tempest. This ship was, you know, keeling to one side and moving to yeah. the other. It was very much a Titanic-esque experience because my husband oh, and I were God. trying to play a board game. <laughs> and it was rummy cub and all of the pieces kept sliding from one end of the table to the other. Oh, no. um, and we kept oh, having to remake the sets of the numbers and the colours every time the ship hit a wave. Oh, that sounds horrendous. I mean, it's bad enough when somebody accidentally kicks the uh, the table leg. It's worse if the whole, if the, even the floor oh, is yeah, this about. Is, the whole room was moving on this one, you know. I, I do joke that my husband rocked my world, but in that case, it was actually the ship. The, the, <laughs> the captain of that ship was rocking my world. Um, oh, but it did have a, an advantage and an actual um, a positive in that it was one of the things that got me into board gaming this time around, I think. And it was one of those experiences where you think, can this get any worse? I'm really worried. Let's focus on a board game. And when lockdown happened, again, those thoughts were coming back. And it was that link between being nervous and anxious in the middle of a storm, but focusing on a board game that got me focusing on board games in lockdown. And it has just... You know, it started and it is going apace, and I see no reason why I'll ever be without them going forwards. Gave you an escape from uh, from something that you wanted to run away from, like the uh, definitely, the pandemic and definitely. The, the impending I mean, sinking of a ship that you were on. Yeah, I mean, literally, it, you know, we we could have uh, bubbled to the bottom of the sea, you know, but if we had been, we'd have been going down with a smile on our face because we were playing a great game. But... <laughs> It was an element of board gaming that I hadn't identified before, the, the ability to sort of manage anxiety and uh, nervousness by focusing on something like a board game. And when, um, when lockdown happened and, you know, sensory overload, you've got news briefings and emails, yeah. schools closing down and the shops shutting and people stop roll, the stockpiling toilet rolls. And, you know, it was something where... You could just drown out the noise by focusing on what was on the table. And it, it definitely started something. Favourite bow sort of came about as a result of that, you know, being an anxious board gamer, um, being a woman as well in a, in a community which is amazing and accessible and diverse and welcoming. But a lot of the faces you see that present board gaming 
as a hobby are not necessarily just females. <laughs> so it was yeah. uh, it was an aspect of board gaming that I thought, oh, you know, are there other people like me or are there not other people like me? I don't know. But if there are and they don't know about people like me, then maybe I can introduce them to some board games that help me with my anxiety. Um, so that's that's kind of how we I came about. We came about why and where the ship, that sinking ship, <laughs> has led me. <laughs> Oh, we, didn't think, we didn't think I, I guess that. <laughs> that's an excellent uh, origin story of a favorite folo. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, everyone starts somewhere, and mine was probably slightly more unusual than, than the average going to Tesco's, picking up Monopoly, getting bored with Monopoly, and seeing where it takes you. But uh, it, was, it was my story, and that's, that's, where, that's where we are now, so... I like it. Cool. So your dream location is a fully kitted out games room. I oh yes. That. Like with air con and heat like heating if you need it and proper coffee chairs. And and an Alexa that listens to me. <laughs> we've, got, <laughs> we've got an Alexa who is, you know, she is the head of our household. She is in charge of everything. And I don't know whether it's my slightly less than dulcet tones, but she has no interest in doing anything i tell her to do ever <laughs> <laughs> excellent cool i got an alexa for free for signing up for something and i had to get rid of it because it just kept talking to me like i'd in the middle of the night i'd go for like a drink of water and it just like just start talking and it would, i'd just shit myself oh freaky <laughs> i hated it so freaky. much i swear it was doing it on purpose or my knowing my housemate actually he probably set it so that when it heard me coming, it did so, it did things to freak me out. <laughs> it's probably a setting somewhere in them, isn't it? I have found the whisper setting to be very weird indeed, because you can whisper to her and she'll whisper that. Oh. And it feels like you're having some really weird, sort of kinky conversation with Alexa when all you're really asking her to do is turn the television off so you don't, you know, wake up the mini meeple upstairs. No, oh, I don't like that. Don't like that at all. <laughs> Right, so what's next in your dreams games night? Okay, so we've got the location. Um, we've got the location. Probably maybe some people. Because, yeah, so, you know, yes. as lovely as the solo experience is, and I am a, a full-on solo playing by myself kind of girl. When the so, yeah, what's, came. Your, what's your go-to solo game? See, this is a way that I was going to kind of shoehorn some extra games into this number three list, and you've just opened <laughs> welcomed it in so um solo wise i quite i'm really into roll and rights at the moment flip and fills roll and rights yep. one of my one of my go-to solos is the welcome to welcome to your dream home yeah um, yeah which is uh, a benoit tupin game by uh, i think it's blue copper and it's brilliant it's so much fun and i it's one of those games where I sit there and I think, yeah, I'm going to nail it, and I don't. And then it comes <laughs> back out again and I go, yeah, no, I, I, I know I did wrong and I'm going to do better this time. And I don't. And it comes out again. And then my husband has to come and wrestle it away from me. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I don't have a favorite solo game. I'm not, I'm not big into playing so, uh, solo board games. I never. I would be, but likewise, I never thought I would, you know, log into Twitch and watch other people playing board games, but they draw you in. They definitely draw you in. 
And the, the feeling that you get when you kind of like beat the game, oh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to get one out and try one. I've mm. seen that Falling Skies. That looks intriguing. Yes, Under Falling Skies. That looks good. And there's a new one, um, Aerion, which is part of the Omniverse uh, series. That's meant to be a really good solo experience. So. Yeah, maybe I need to give it another go. Maybe I'm maybe missing if out. You're, if, you're into, like, beat, if you're into Euros, Euro games, then one that is really good as a solo is Nusfjord. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. Uh, that's a good one. It's a, a snappy euro if there is such a thing. <laughs> well, I've written all these down, so <laughs> I'll probably check them out. So, who are you inviting? Who's getting in, an invite to your? Okay. Games? Well, as I've got a custom-built, you know, room, I thought I could accommodate as many or as few people that uh, as I as I wanted because you know this table is custom-built, so it could be built as big or as small as I want. So you could even ask for it to be a magical table that just keeps extending. Well, I did think about maybe a mezzanine level. <laughs> you know, you have people sitting up there waiting for their turn in a game, you know. But... Uh, like one of those posh um, chess tournaments where you've got like the, yeah. the table and then you've got like a viewing platform of people just like layering over, watching, waiting exactly. for their game. As long as, as long as we've got no snacks up there, you know, I don't want what's it's dropping on my head. We'll be okay. Everyone, <laughs> will, get a, everyone will get a turn. <laughs> just um, doing you and pelting you with watsits when you make yeah. a bad bad move <laughs> oh i'll be covered head to toe and cheese dust if that's the case <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay so i've got myself i've got my husband naturally because he is my oh. partner in crime he is actually the inspiration behind favorite foe because he was and is my favorite foe. he oh. my favorite opponent uh although he had the temerity of renaming himself something else so uh, Shadow Meeple, uh, I thought Favourite Foe worked quite well for him, but apparently he has independent thought. <laughs> Cheek. Um, so there'd be him. There'd be my best friend. Um, she is, she's not a board gamer, actually, so it's, a, it's an interesting choice for a fantasy board game night. Mm. But she um, stayed with she us. She's just there for uh, with... moral support. Oh, no, 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 like the opposite. In that she stayed with us um, before lockdown bit, she was staying with us and she point blankly refused to play any board games. She'd see Rob and I and uh, our son get board games out and she was like, nope, you're fine, I'm fine, you do your thing. And <laughs> then um, I was desperate to get her to play a game and she played one game and, and she didn't hate it. She wouldn't admit to liking it, but she didn't hate it. But then that was the only game that she would play. And when she didn't win, it was spectacular. All of the pieces <laughs> would fly across the room. Cards would be thrown in the air. Um, you know, there's a risk of losing an eye anytime something whizzes past my head. And just, just the flipping. energy that she had. Yeah, full on. You know, bottle <laughs> flipping has nothing to add. She could, she could take the whole table and just go with it. So for, for pure physical prowess, she's got to be there. Um, and then the last sort of uh, guest, but more than just one guest, is uh, there's a group of brilliant content creators um, on Instagram who I in initially met through Zati because I started blogging for Zati and writing for them. And they are amazing. They, the knowledge these people have all board games is just astounding but they are all genuinely brilliant 
funny, kind, and so like super generous, super generous. And we haven't met in person at all. And yet we have supported each other and, you know, family members through lockdown. Um, I know that, if, you know, I have a technical query or a question or just not feeling myself, if I'm feeling anxious, I can go on there and, you know, one of 20 of them will just come to my rescue. And it's a brilliant, brilliant bunch of people. So they would all have to be there. Amazing. I'm actually really looking forward to lockdown ending purely because we're making all these plans to, you know, meet up. And it's countrywide, you know, from Scotland all the way down to Cornwall. Um, some of them are also actually abroad. Um, but it's a real, it's a real community. It's a silver lining that has come out of lockdown, definitely. Yeah, I can imagine that's really exciting to have that to look forward to, getting to meet all these people who have supported you all, all the way through. Yep, I'm really looking forward to it. So they all have to be there. And I know that, you know, of all the people to appreciate a tricked out board gaming room, it's going to be a bunch of Instagram content creating board gamers. <laughs> glory, yeah. glory will be mine. <laughs> because this is one of the things, like, sometimes people, obviously, you know, it's fun to imagine, like, inviting celebrities and uh, historical figures and everything. But then there's always that little thing of kind of like, would they, you know, are they going to enjoy playing the games? Uh, you never yeah. meet your hero, do you? Because it's always, always a disappointment. So <laughs> you don't want that on your, you know, genuinely fantasy board game. Mm, yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good point. So, is there anything else you want to say about guests? Um, only that you know, they, there will be an obligation to have lots of fun like the most fun ever and if they don't i'll be incredibly disappointed and we'll never talk to them ever again <laughs> <laughs> no pressure so what what game do you reckon they'll uh out of the three games that you've picked which game do you reckon your guests would be most looking forward to playing especially oh. your table flipping friend my table flipping friend would only play the first game because that is the only game she will ever play and that is the reason it is on the list um <laughs> do you want me to tell you it now you can do it's it's quite a controversial choice in that no 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 <laughs> no no that's that that would be a controversy too but no this is uh, <laughs> this is I, th I think i'd probably get kicked off of instagram completely and you know disavowed from zatu if i if i uh talked about monopoly no this is um it's Catan. Now, I know, I know what you're thinking. I'm, it's controversial, so I'm getting it out of the way first. And I know saying that you like Catan is a bit like admitting you like the last episode of Lost. I mean, I, which I didn't. And it still really, really eats away at me. Cause, and I still can't talk about it very much. Because I know they weren't dead, but all of that sideways purgatory. No, can't do it. Can't do it. Oh, Oh, you can't spoil Lost, surely. It's like, <laughs> I mean, if you've not watched it by now, it's on you. Exactly. And, you know, you don't want to watch the last one anyway, because it's pants. Um, it's the same with Game of Thrones, isn't it? It's just like, uh, yeah, yeah I watched the first few series, but honestly, wouldn't bother with the final. The last the last episode, oh, no. I mean, you kind of think, what was the I just wasted, you know, five years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it was disappointing but it, but with Catan though I, I 
don't mind it. I'll always play Catan. I don't play it often because I've played it a lot. But if somebody ever said like, oh, I just really want to play Catan, I'll always play it with them because I do think it's a class. It, you know, it's a it sold so many copies for a reason. Yeah, it, I think it's a good game. It's a crime. It's a veteran. It's been around since what ninety five. So you know, it's it's got longevity for a reason. But it's also one of those games that I. I can't play really with a husband and a five-year-old, so it's gonna—it's one of those games that you need more people. So yeah, it's good for—it's good for a games night, and there's expansions and you know, stuff like that. But it is literally seeing my best friend throw—you know—those little longest road pieces and all those tiny <laughs> little cities up in the air in just sheer pure rage when she doesn't win. That makes I it. Mean, when you were describing the reaction, I, I honestly didn't have Catan on the table, though. Oh, it's visceral. It is visceral. Because we sit there and, you know, she we get so into it. And I'm going, I need wheat. I need wheat. And my husband's shouting for stone. And then we all get confused. And she suddenly goes, I need sheep for sheep. And we go, what? <laughs> <laughs> she gets so into it that she's, you know, bartering resources for the ones that she already has is uh, is brilliant. So... Just for pure comedy value, Catan has to be in there because it's a great game and it just it causes such a great reaction in one of my guests that it's got to be there. Oh, that's excellent. And uh, <laughs> is there anything else you want to say, say about Catan? I feel like... Uh... Well, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's a great work placement game. It's, I think, is it, it's Klaus Tuba? Tuba Tuba? Um, and, he, and there's so many iterations and so many different versions that you know you're bound to find one you like i think there's even a star wars one you know there's a there's all sorts um so if you can't find if you can't bear playing a katan then you know it's there for a reason it's you gotta yeah, give definitely. it some love you gotta give it some love <laughs> excellent right so what uh, what what next are we we're going on to the second game getting a bit hungry and my board game tricked out room is gonna have bridges and it's gonna have you know, all sorts of stuff. So I think I'm, and you know, I've got a mezzanine floor with spectators. I've got to feed these people. We'll keep them happy. Um, Excellent. And if yeah. there is a mezzanine and there's lots of people, then, you know, I need, I need something that's going to include a bit of variety. So I think definitely you don't want to be hangry when you're, you know, playing board games, because especially if you combine that with Katan, then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there's literally nothing left of my fantasy board game room it's just going to be eviscerated it's going to be destroyed so i think definitely some snacks coming down onto the table or around the table in the special snack holding slots so what, what are we what sort of snacks are we having okay well you don't i didn't want anything like sticky or greasy because you know yep. i am a bit obsessive when it comes to keeping my boxes and the pieces nice and clean and I did actually have uh, an accident about six months ago where I upended a pint glass of um, fizzy drink onto our table and the whole lot I was very lucky in one way the whole lot landed in the lid an upturned lid of the board gaming box but in that that same yeah in that same phrase the board game box now has a lid like a dome and yeah. when when that's on the shelf it doesn't sit nice and flat which a annoys me and b makes me sad 
And then every time you bring it out, my husband just looks at me and raises an eyebrow as if to say, yeah, you remember what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you did this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I'm nothing sticky, nothing greasy. So I'm, and I'm a bit strange with food generally and I like very dry things. I don't like sauces. I don't like wet. I don't like sloppy. So for me to get the variety to satisfy all these various board gamers, I'm going to go with one of those, you know, like the hotel cereal bars where they have those dispensers with the little wheel that you put a bowl underneath and it drops out like cereal. Yeah. This is going to sound really weird, but yeah, so I'd have like an entire sort of wall of all the various cereals, all the favorite cereals, and you'd get like big, like washing up bowl sized bowls. And um, then there'd be like all of the various milks on offer. Uh, my yeah. preference is dark chocolate almond, but I would be eating the cereal and then having a milk chaser after. <laughs> Excellent. Does that, make, does that make any sense? So, uh, yeah, no, yeah. so it's kind of like half. It's it's become half a kitted out game room, half awesome cereal cafe. Yeah, definitely. And it's one of those things that you can just grab a whole handful. And if somebody is playing a really good move that, you know, you're worried it might tip them ahead of you, you could make loads and loads of like crunchy sounds. And that might put them <laughs> off their stride because, you know, like misphonia, the struggle is real, man. If you don't like munchy crunchy sounds and someone's munchy crunching, there is nothing you can do to avoid focusing on that sound. So it's kind of strategic as well. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> anything else? Um, no, I, you know, it's my board game night. So um, and I, I feel like I've catered by giving a whole buffet of cereals. So, I mean, if you can't find something there that you like, then that's on you. That's, that's not on me. <laughs> Excellent. Ah, I like it. There's drinks as well, though. Yeah. So, so what, what drinks are we having? Uh, well, I have to say, I, there is one. Am I allowed to say? Am I allowed to say like a brand name? I'm not advertising it. Other drinks are available, obviously. <laughs> I think it's there fine. Is... We're not the BBC, <laughs> are we? <laughs> True. They, they would be lucky to have you, quite frankly, Jim. Um, but it's Pepsi Max Cherry, and I would oh, very literally, I would literally IV that stuff if I could. I mean, you know, there's <laughs> all, all those um, healthy eating and you know making sure you get your two liters of water. Well, I do that. It's just brown and carbonated and cherry flavored. <laughs> I hit that. Target. I make sure I hit that target every single day, and uh, right. yeah. But it has to be really cold, and it has to be almost flat. So I, I literally, I take the top. We can do that for you. We could, we could have like a machine dispensing it just at exactly the right temperature and exactly oh. the right flatness level for yeah. you. That would be brilliant. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at my fridge now, and it's got one of those little water dispensers. And now I'm thinking, could I rig it up to Pepsi Max? <laughs> could I, could I actually do? That? <laughs> you should definitely try it. <laughs> my girlfriend tried. Coke with cinnamon flavor, which I thought was disgusting. That's an aberration. She she must be removed from the, from, <laughs> from the from the beverage I, uh, selection. She must be removed. I just like plain Coke. Uh, does that make me boring? No, it doesn't make you boring. It makes you I, maybe maybe a vanilla Coke every now and again. But mm. well, my 
My husband is a Pepsi fan, uh, mainly because apparently it's more fizzy than Coke. I don't know if that's true or not. I'll be honest, uh, me and my girlfriend, we shop at Aldi and we just buy, Is it? I think it's like Viva, Aldi's own brand Coke. Um, nothing nothing wrong with some own brand. I mean, yeah, it, I, I've got the taste for it now and I can't yeah. tell the difference. They all come out of the same factory, I'm sure. They just get different labels put on them. Definitely. <laughs> right. Should we get back to... Uh, should we go back to the games? Yes. yes. Okay. So sure. we've got we've got the granddaddy Catan for, mm-hmm. you know, for my best friend, and then I thought, well, again, this is a, a fantasy um, games night, so I could have as many people as I wanted. And you know, after coming out of lockdown, that's what you want. You want people, loads of people, loads of interaction. Yeah. Um, yep. And I am a little. A lot obsessed with roll and rights and flip and fills, but there is one in particular that um, was my first ever official grown-up board game purchase. Uh, I took it upon myself to um, be the person to buy our first sort of house board game, and I did the thing that everyone does. I went to Board Game Geek and I, you know, I obsessed over all the various reviews, and I kept looking back and forth, and then I'd go on to shut up and sit down and then I'd go onto YouTube and I'd look at Tom Vassell and what he was doing and I we literally had Rummy Club at this point and that was it so I had no idea where to go to start a collection and um, I watched this video by uh, do you know Efka from No Pun Included yep yep you heard him yeah he did this had this just it just came up on a sidebar and it was a little video about a game called Railroad Inc. Ah yes, yes. Um that video it I laughed, cried. <laughs> it was just so it was such an unassuming video and I think in the opening credits you see him go into a housing estate and lie down in the middle of the road. Um and I haven't just seen hooked, that, but I'll have to check it oh, out. It sounds it was brilliant. It hooked me in. Because there are two versions, and that in itself, you know, confused me more than anything. How can you have a board game, you know, but two different colours of the same board game? And yeah. he went through and he pretended to, you know, have this really complicated um, scientific um, algorithm that would, you know, match you to the perfect game. And in the end, he was just like, it doesn't matter. Like red, get red. Like blue, get blue. <laughs> <laughs> It's like picking the Pokemon. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, to the point where about a month ago, because I've kickstarted the um, new challenge editions, which are coming out, I think, at the end of this month um, to all the backers. It's a green one and a yellow one. Um, That uh, about a month ago, I wrote a love letter um, around about the time of Valentine's Day to Railroad Inc. Because I am a little bit, obsessed with it and I do love it and I sit there when I'm playing games and I look over at the shelf and it's there and my heart does flutter because it's it's just it's a brilliant game it's so simple in terms of what you what you need to do it's about making uh, railway connections and highway yeah. connections but you have a very limited number of turns in which you do it and there are four dice and you know it's it plays as well with one as it does a thousand and one people and although it is a multiplayer solitaire because you're all doing simultaneously doing the same thing and you're not actually affecting anybody else when you're playing there's no direct interaction in these in the blue and 
uh, red versions. The amount of tension and, and the sighing and the, the grunting that goes on, it does feel like a communal <laughs> experience. <laughs> and it does, it gets to you. Um, and a friend of ours, one of the Insta gamers that I um, am great friends with, he has been a huge fan of it for years and he's actually made his own custom dice. And uh, he set up a league during lockdown to give us all something to kind of come together to do. And he's had players all over the world, you know, on Zoom, we've been playing together and it's, it's been brilliant. My Sunday mornings, I'm, you know, I've been desperate to, to get on and do the league and, you know, every, every other job on Sunday has to get put to one side because, you know, I've got to play rare I think. I've got to try and beat, you know, Jim from Surrey and I've got to try and beat, you know, Kate from, uh, wheelchair and all these various places and it's just brilliant it's absolutely brilliant and it's it's one of those games as well where you completely overestimate what you can do in the time because you've only yeah. got six rounds six rolls in a how to get in an expanded game with the extra dice and seven rolls in the base game and you think you're going to be able to do so much and you end up with so little <laughs> It's, it's a brilliant. Yeah, I remember the, fir- the first time I played uh, Railroad Inc. was in a in a bar after Essen in Germany. It was pretty cool. Did you like it? I I'll be honest. I'm not the biggest roll and write fan. I had fun playing it, but I wouldn't play it again. Oh, not even if it was in like fantasy games. I mean, yeah. If I was invited and I would, uh, and you wanted to play it, I'd play. I'd play it. I don't think I would choose to play it. Play it. You just sit there and judge me. <laughs> I haven't got anything against them, in the sense that I like. I don't. It's not that I don't think they're they're a good game. I think I just get frustrated with them. I don't know. There is a lot. I, I think it's um. There's a, it's. I don't think I'm smart a, enough to play them. It's a puzzle that they are. They they boil down to puzzles, and where you it's you against the game. Yeah. You know. Whereas, and most playing... games just beat me <laughs> <laughs> into submission. Uh, whereas, I think with other games, you've got not just the game, but you feel like if you've beaten somebody else, then you you've at least achieved that. You know, if you're in a Euro game and you come second, third, fourth, whatever, um, or you know, you're in a worker placement game and you haven't come last. You you do I think you feel more accomplished than if you get roll and write and you don't win. <laughs> what? Excellent. Right. Have you got anything else you'd like to say about Railroad Inc? I think I think I've pretty much you know I've, I've written a lot to do it. Yeah, you have. I've uh, I was looking down my uh, list of things I could ask you about uh, <laughs> games, and you've pretty you've pretty much answered them all already. So that's great. Um, I was, yeah. I know many people I mean, that actually do an ode to a board game. That you know, it's just, it's, it's, I don't think I'll ever, I will ever say goodbye to it. And it's, it's got a great box well in that. It's so satisfying. It's got this little magnetic catch. Oh and then yeah, the little that's cool, little isn't flap, it? Yeah, the flap goes over and you get that click. Oh, see, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go and hug it in a minute. <laughs> so, where are we going next for your uh, magical games night? Well, I've got I've got one more game. Obviously, I've got one more game choice, haven't I? That I can sneak in there. But I think after Catan and uh, at 
Railroad Inc., I did think that maybe you, you did say I could have a, a random special special item. Is that right? Have, have I still got that privilege? Yeah, yeah. You can, yeah, random special item. What are you having? Well, see, now it's more practical than anything. I would like to, you know, be all sort of exotic and exciting, but playing with my best friend and playing Katong and knowing the reaction I'll get if she doesn't win, which <laughs> she might not because of all of these very, very accomplished board gamers. I actually need, I thought maybe about having a first aid kit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have, not just, not just for the risk of paper cuts, but, you know, literally being bits thrown at me. I, I need to be able to last the night. So, you know, I've got I to gotta be able to take the hits. So I thought maybe a first aid kit might help prolong the evening. Amazing. I'd never thought a first aid kit would come up in somebody's last games night on Earth. I'm, all, I'm also actually really clumsy. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where whenever we it makes go sense out, to have one. Yeah. Whenever we go out of the house, we carry pretty much like a mini sort of, you know, army supply version <laughs> of a medic kit. Not because of our five year old, but because of me. So, <laughs> brilliant. We could just have like a little medic stand in the corner. Oh, we, uh, yeah, no, that, yeah, I suppose we could, couldn't we? We could have like a medical bay, have a whole bay. Why not? If it's a fantasy room. Mm, yeah, just a yeah. little St. John's ambulance in the corner. <laughs> Plus, I could also have Pepsi Max Cherry on IV. See? You could, yeah, that is a good point. There we go. It's all, it's all coming together beautifully. This is, it is really, what are we ending the night on. Oh, I still got my third game. Yep. Got my third game. So now this is where I was going to try and uh, be a bit cheeky. Not not one hundred percent, you know, full out. I want four games, but Railroad Inc is such a small box. I thought that I might be able to sneak two in. But and when you hear the two, you you might understand why because they are quite similar. So one, on, you then. could be forgiven. So, well, because I was going to use Calico, but my friend Emily, who from Braincrack, who you had on the show, who was brilliant a few weeks ago, she had, she nabbed Calico. So I thought, well, I can't, I can't do that one again. But abstract. You can do it if you want. You've, you're going to have different experiences with it. Well, I was going to say, I mean, abstract puzzly tarling games are my, they, they are, if, if I could only choose one type of game forevermore, that would probably be it. Um, and there are quite a few of them. And, <laughs> and I thought, well, there's a, on the abstract puzzly side, there are two games which are absolutely beautiful. One is Sagrada. You must yeah. know. You, you yeah, yeah. Um, and all those beautiful dice, and with all the expansions, you can, I think you can get up to like six people at, at a go. I didn't know um, you could go up to six. Yeah, I think it's the, might be the Passion uh, expansion that you can extend it to six. But there's a new expansion that's just come out called Life, which has got uh, Master and Apprentice um, elements to it, which we brought to the table for the first time last week. And that was really good. That was really interesting. There's new dice where the um, on the master side of things, the dice themselves have um, almost like objectives. 
So the dice that you then place around them has to comply with what with the um, directions on those special dice. So it adds another element. Um, so that's like a pretty uh, beautiful abstract game. And then I thought, well, there's also another beautiful abstract game, which is um, Azul Summer Pavilion. Yeah. I don't know if you played that game. one. But they, they, those components are almost edible, and you could be forgiven for thinking they formed part of the buffer because they are really, really <laughs> Um, yeah, and I really yeah. struggled, I really struggled to choose between them because Azul Summer Pavilion is, and also Sagrada, they are both hate drafters' dreams. And my husband and I are so competitive when we play together. <laughs> that literally, I mean, we are, we're the worst, but only around the table. As soon as the game is finished, it's back to, you know, the most sickening, lovey-dovey couple mm-hmm. you've ever seen. But around that table, the claws are out. Um, I mean, even to the point where when we play Targi, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Cosmos game Targi, the yeah. two-player. We literally, we cannot look at each other. At the end of that, <laughs> we, have to, we have to walk out into a different room for at least five minutes to just let myself calm down because it is such a tense game. And my husband, he is an engineer and he can triangulate and tessellate and he knows exactly where um his meeples his targies should go and i i'm shooting in the dark as to whether you know they're going to triangulate on one of my cards or one of his cards or one of the edge cards and he just wipes the floor with me most of the time and it's so tense it's so tense and he does that in his all summer pavilion as well whereas i'm kind of so focused on my own puzzle. I haven't got time to look at what he's doing. And yet he manages to know exactly the tiles to take that I need every single go. <laughs> Amazing. So, to him, his skills, definitely. So we'll, we'll allow you to have both of them at the games night. But if you had to pick one, which one would you pick? Uh, see, I thought it was going to be Azul Summer Pavilion. But, and in actual fact, there is an expansion coming out this year, but I think I'm going to have to go with Sagrada only because it is more versatile because you can solo it. Whereas with yeah. Azul Summer Pavilion, there, there are some very, very clever people have gone onto Board Game Geek and invented um, and designed a fan based solo. but. It is so complicated in my mind that I just wouldn't be able to deal with it. Whereas with Sagrada, I can, you know, get the board out, get a couple of um, tool cards out, get a couple of objectives, and I'm away. And I'm doing it. I think it would have to be Sagrada. Plus a friend of mine actually last night played Adrian Adamescu at Sagrada on Instagram. He was live on Instagram playing the designer. So, you know. Amazing. Pretty impressive, pretty impressive. So, yeah, I think if I had to, it's very mean of you, but if I had to, I would go with <laughs> Sagrada. Sagrada's number three. Cause, and also, you, got, you get to end on a beautiful note, don't you, with all those pretty dice. That's a good ending. That's a, that's a very <laughs> good ending. Do you think it's a good game to help you uh, help like conversation and stuff? I think so. I mean, I, my, when I play Sagrada, there's a lot of ooing and ahhing over the, uh, the, the initial throw into the little dice pot and then there's a lot of 
fist shaking as the other person takes the dice <laughs> away. Um, but also it's, you know, I've never, I've never had a crossword when someone's taken the, the dice. I'm always quite admiring of their window. So frustrating, though, when you can't finish your window and you have a gap. That's really frustrating. But, um, yeah, I think being able to admire everyone's stained glass windows at the end is a, is a, nice, a nice conversation, a nice way to yeah. end, a nice uh, collegiate feeling where you may, and you could put them all together and it would literally be like you were there, you know, looking at the church. So is there anything you'd like to add to your games night to make it absolutely perfect? Hmm. Well, I've got an Alexa that listens. I've got a custom designed room. I've got the games that I like. I've got the people that I love um, and the snacks and the drinks to keep me going. So I oh, the first aid kit to really keep me going. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, you know, and, I don't want to be, you know, too demanding. I think that would pretty much sum it up as a, a pretty epic fantasy board gaming night for me. Excellent. Cool. So, right. Joke or board game question? Which one do you want? Oh, I do like a good joke. And, you know, at the fantasy board game night, some jokes would be pretty epic. So if you can tell me a good one, then I can remember it and retell it. I feel like I should mention that I didn't say good joke. <laughs> I'm setting the bar. I'm setting the bar high. So I want to okay. go. Yeah, good. You've gone for a faith. joke. I've got faith in you, James. You've gone for a joke from my amazing, well-renowned joke book. Oh, here we go. Okay, rugby jokes. It's rugby nice... jokes. Yep, rugby jokes. It's a nice try. <gasps> oh, James. <laughs> I mean, I would. I'd love to say that it gets better than this. Okay, one more. He said, what do you think of WD-40? I said, I quite like red, red wine. Ah, oh, see, that was better. That's better. But now I'm going to have, literally, I'm going to have UB-40 in my head all day. You are, <laughs> you are the curator and creator of the earworm of today. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm, I, like, I'm genuinely worried that, like, it's like, on one hand, it's funny, these jokes. On the other hand, I'm genuinely worried that I'm losing listeners because of it. <laughs> Have you thought about maybe a different joke book? I've grown attached to it now. It's like, it's like Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> I've been you reading it so long. They're going to be like fine wines. They'll, they'll get appreciation over time. They will mature <laughs> over really time. So. <laughs> one last question for you. Um, we're going to start asking all of our guests this. What, yeah. what does tabletop mean to you? Uh, I think it, it means more than analog gaming. Tabletop, to me, is a, it's a mindset, I think. Because in, uh, in lockdown, it was my first foray also into digital board gaming. Digital board game is great. I, I love it. I'm a, a member of BGA and I, I really enjoy playing games with people all over the world, uh, which you couldn't do unless it's obviously your fantasy. But being able to, to sit around a table, you think about a game differently. You think you approach a game differently. So I think for me, tabletop is a mindset. Excellent. 
I like that. Right. Favourite foe, have you got anything you'd like to plug for our dear, dear listeners? Ooh, like for shameless self-promotion? <laughs> yeah. Only really my website. Uh, I've got a website, www.favouritefoe.com. It's where I have all my writing, all my reviews, all my features, all my blogs. Um, there's a link. I have a little link tree on my Instagram, favouritefoe.com. That will take you there. But it's really just a, it's like a, beautiful memory book of all of the games that I've played and reviewed and there's lots of pictures on there so if anyone is finding themselves um, wondering what I think about a game or wondering what's in my head uh, which is a pretty wild place at times they can go head over to my website excellent Uh, check it out people it's a very cool place (laughs) all right well thank you again favorite foe Uh, I hope you enjoyed that I had a brilliant time thank you James no worries. Thank you again for joining us. Right. One outro, please. All right. The games featured this week were Catan, published by Cosmos, designed by Klaus Tuber, Railroad Inc., published by Horrible Guild, Yalmar Hack, and Lorenzo Silva, the designers, Sagrada, by Floodgate Games, and designed by Peter Wockard. Azul Summer Pavilion, Next Move Games, and it was Michael Beasley. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Today we were joined by Favourite Foe, and if you enjoyed the podcast, please do subscribe. Uh, leave a rating, recommend to your friends, family, local aquarium guide. If you'd like to see what else DNF is up to, head over to dungeonsandflagons.co.uk, and if you'd like to get in touch, find us on social media with at LGNOE Podcast. Email last games night on earth at dungeonsandflagons.co.uk. Until next time, see you later. <laughs>